0: House Civis Broadcasting. I know that was not the voice you expected. But this is not the House Civis you know and love. I am your guide on this most auspicious evening and it is my pleasure to prepare you for what promises to be an unforgettable glimpse into the horrors of war. This broadcasting comes to us from a most unexpected place, Metro, The Rising City. Once the table facet of the Jewel of Galifar, now reduced to the jagged edge of a shattered gemstone, dead, gone, slowly being forgotten in the hearts and minds by a world desperate to heal. And yet there are people going through their days as they have done since the day of mourning isolated, starving, frightened of the undead hordes that linger just beyond the mists surrounding the city. These people try everything they can just to make it one more day. None of these poor souls have any idea They are already gone. To try and ease the nerves of those desperate masses, Queen Danelle has given them a small distraction. A show. I'm sure this will feel quite familiar to you. Let us... Listen in.
1: Greetings and salutations to all who have taken the time to listen to this evening's broadcasting. I am once again your host, Kirith Desivis, and I am joined by my co-host, Donny Devondi Desivis.
2: Welcome back. Thank you for that warm introduction, Kian. Today is the 17th of Zarantia. It is day 1,313 since the siege.
1: I can't properly process that it has gotten so high. It hadn't reached 1,000 when I was last here. It's a somber reminder of how long we have been holding out here, of the horrors that we've experienced, and of the threat still at our gates.
2: I know it isn't easy to hear it, but I think it's a ritual we need. It makes me feel alive to remember it each day.
1: I do not feel the same way. But the number is a testament to our strength. It has been almost four years and we are still here. We are still fighting. We are still here regardless of those who try and break us or those who lose faith. We're still alive.
2: A lovely sentiment indeed. Tonight's casting has a lot to be excited about.
1: Indeed. Of course, we will be joined for our daily chat with Queen Danil herself.
2: I never feel as good as when she's here. A truly shining beacon against the darkness.
1: We also have a bit of news. And we will do a segment on how to spot a Carnathi spy using an unusual mnemonic.
2: Good advice any day of the week.
1: And tonight, we will also be drawing the name of our bi-weekly winner for the ragout raffle. Courtesy of Lady Yola de Galanta.
2: I just love her.
1: Mm, She is an absolute saint.
2: We should have her on again. I'm gonna get that ragout recipe out of her eventually. (laughs) I just gotta know what's in it.
1: Better watch out, or you'll end up in it. (laughs)
2: Ho 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 Can you imagine? People are so worried about her having a secret and they want to turn it into something sinister. My Nona had a secret recipe for cottage pie that she wouldn't share with anyone outside the family, and was my absolute favorite, and all she would do is sprinkle in some musket noose. But the way people in this city assume things
1: Maybe Nona was turning people into pies.
2: Ho 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 All of this death has made people go to some dark places mentally. I'm glad we're here to bring a small amount of hope and joy back to our listeners, that twinge of humanity.
1: Then, they need to sit back, relax, and enjoy tonight's broadcasting of The The Voice Voice of of Metro.
2: Metro. Before we start, Gear, I just want to say how good it is to have you back here in this booth. This last year without you has been incredibly hard. I've missed our banter.
1: Thank you. It truly means so much. I was very touch-and-go there for a while, and hearing these broadcastings helped my recovery. The body came back quick, but the mind took time.
2: But all that matters is your back. And I'm just going to say it, Rebirth looks good on you.
1: What? No.
2: (laughs) Swear to the host, it doesn't always look good on people, and it's a shame to say but not everyone comes back looking this good. Whatever they did, it worked.
1: You're just saying that.
2: No, it looks really good. The grey skin accentuates the dragon mark, and really makes your eyes pop. Especially the left one, what is that, uh, orc?
1: It's dwarf, actually. Particularly unusual in the dark. The way dwarves and gnomes both have dark vision, but it feels different. They did replace most of my internal organs with dwarven ones.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, then we need to find ourselves a bottle of something. Test that bad boy out.
1: My liver is still my own. We should get to the news, though.
2: See, this is why I need you here. Keeping me on task. I've tried a few other co-hosts. Most were absolutely dreadful. We brought that little tavern performer guy, Kevin Capona, in for a few months. Kevin, come say hi! So he had been sleeping in the old menagerie, which was so drafty and cold in the winter. He became very ill and was absolutely at death's door. Because he was such a mess and the suit he was in, they thought he was some sort of strange animal... They took him down to the kennels for parts, and he came back, well, a little different.
1: I remember him as a host. It mostly comes and goes. But his incessant screaming into the device pierced my mind.
0: Hey, everybody. It's me, Kevin. They call me a Cappy Bear, I know. Can it? Because I'm mostly bear? Well, I'll be but, you know.
1: Hello, Kevin. I wish I could say I missed you.
2: Oh, that is so nice. I miss you, too.
1: Not what I said.
2: Okay, Kevin, that's enough. If you stay quiet the rest of the broadcast, I'll have creeps fill your bowl.
0: Come on, Mr. Capona. There's such a big bouncing ball in the Great Hall. You don't want to disappoint your fans. Oh, fans? I like fans.
1: That was a most unfortunate outcome.
2: I wouldn't go that far. He may look grotesque and somehow perpetually wet, but you should see him juggling on that ball.
1: I didn't mean his appearance. I meant encountering him. I could have gone my whole re-life without seeing him again.
2: (laughs) they definitely couldn't kill your wit.
1: Thank you. Shall we move on to the news and announcements now?
2: Of course. Please, be the first to read one out.
1: Constance Earhatchway of Lonesome Manor has announced that she is looking for a few helpful hands to assist her. As she intends to throw an engagement party to show off her new bow. Once she gets one, that is. She insists that despite the last five attempts, this time it'll stick, and that her husband won't spontaneously find themselves six feet under. The party seems to be a way for her to actually find this new bow, and she encourages rich, young men to attend. It seems like that'd be a frightful Party. There's going to be 999 guests, but I won't be one.
2: A wise decision. We also have some unfortunate news today regarding the death of the final member of the Black Watch clan. But in order to understand that tragedy fully, we must quickly recount the horrible events leading up to this untimely demise. Just before the siege, there were five members of the Blackwatch clan remaining. The family's matriarch, the old dame, the family butler, William Stark, Angel, the old dame's granddaughter, Mordecai, Angel's cousin, and their faithful hound, Balthazar. On the morning of the siege, young Mordecai was at a temple of the Church of the Silver Flame where he had a chance encounter, finding himself blessed by a bishop. As he returned home, however, the siege began and he was quickly swept up by a mob and trapped on a train out of Metrol. He never returned. Many people will remember Willem Stark, after all his help during those first days. Heck, he was the toast of the town. He even had dinner with the Queen, where, in a tragic misunderstanding, he was called out as a con-traitor and was castigated by the Queen. While he was initially cleared of that... The growing mass of disinterested citizens didn't want to hear what he had to say and he was burnt by the mob at the stake. Balthazar, the faithful pup that he was, lived in luxury yet found himself shunned by society because everywhere he turned he was pestered by poltergeists. He had helped old William con who cursed him so. The family did all they could to alleviate that curse and would give him tasty bones to raise his spirits. And yet, that led to his demise as he choked on one of those same bones. Angel, it seems, fared better than most of her family. She spent most of her time down by the river where she found love by the lake. Her engagement was to a man whom was never brought to the public's attention. But unfortunately, it was cut short after an unpleasant surprise when she met the man's family and was greeted by ghosts. Her attempt at escape turned to tragedy as it seemed that her new fiance thought it was only death that could part them. Poor Angel died of despair, they say. And now on to today's tragic news. The old dame, matriarch of the Blackwater clan, was found dead this morning. No one to give her comfort in her final days, no friends to come around and speak with her. The curses and disgrace in her household kept everyone away. She died, old and alone.
1: A fate most of us can hope for.
2: There's a level of gloom that lingers over that family, I can't imagine.
1: There have been noise complaints about a mansion in North Shore, just west of the Vermishard of Law. Loud and bombastic music as well as magic swirling lights and deep mists, have been coming from this home. Some brave souls looked into the windows of this house to find strangely dressed people talking about some kind of experiment where a Dr. Frank has made a man. When the authorities investigated this home, it was completely empty, other than a strange, haunting melody that hangs in the air and a flyer advertising a great display containing erotic images, and stating that it is just a, quote, time warp away. As well as what appears to be dance steps, people are urged to keep away from this house as it is suspected to be a hub of Carnathy spy activity.
2: With all that thankfully out of the way, we can move on to something more useful for long-term survival within the city. How to identify Carnathy spies within our very midst.
1: That kind of knowledge might have saved me a lot of pain and agony.
2: Then this delightful little mnemonic is just the thing to save your day. Spoopy. Spooky? No, not spooky. It's kind of like spooky, but it's spoopy. Spoopy. S-P-O-O-P-Y
1: Spoopy? Interesting. But what does it mean?
2: Spoopy is a way of identifying spies who are displaying lesser-known telltale signs.
1: Okay.
2: Not every sign is obvious. If he's speaking Khan, get the kyber out of there and report him. But what if he's smart? What if he's hidden all the major red flags? Well, that's why we have the list. S stands for Spontaneous Singing.
1: That seems like an unusual one, but it's very important. Singing is something precious to our way of life, as Siren's. Song is in our soul. But Karns do not have this precious artistic talent and must practice constantly. They may also hide messages in these song lyrics, passing along covert secrets to their network of spies.
2: The first P is very similar as well. It stands for perpetual pounding. If you find someone knocking on things or tapping on things, take note as they are most likely transmitting secret messages to those around them.
1: Ah, yes. I do remember Morse Moranon and his special code that can still be heard through the network of Garn spies to this very day.
2: What a rascal he was.
1: The next is the first of two O's.
2: Oh!
1: Yes. oh.
2: Our first O stands for Ominous Ogling. If while you're keeping an eye on the area around you, you catch someone watching you, Never minding their own business, or often seeming like they are coveting the little that you have. You can be sure that they are a con spy.
1: Keeping vigilant for people staring at you is very important. You won't know if they're watching you unless you have an eye on them.
2: The second O is overcompensation. If that kind traveler gives you something extra with a wink, or the old man sitting in the corner always gives you his chits, This could be one of two things.
1: One, they think you are also a Karn spy and are trying to support their own.
2: Or two, they are subconsciously guilty and are trying to alleviate some of that guilt by pretending to be kind to the people they will eventually kill.
1: Thinking about it, there is a third option. They are trying to buy your support so that you will stand with them if they become accused, thus taking down a true siren, furthering their own horrible plans to overthrow our mettle with the evils of Carnath.
2: Oh, I hadn't considered that. <laughs> uh, On to the second P. Precocious performances.
1: That is a mouthful.
2: Quite. But that only aids to ferreting out the spies from our midst. If you notice a child who is quite mature for their age, talking of very adult things, or acting in a way that only adults ought, they are probably vampires. Or if you know the child personally, they may be possessed by the cursed spirits of the con undead.
1: How horrible for someone to have to live a life inside their own head, watching as the world moves around them while unable to stop the horrors committed by their own hands. Those poor children, ...should be brought to the nearest inquisitives so that they may be excised or executed.
2: Right. Lastly, we have the most terrible of signs. Why? Yellow.
1: This one is very serious. Please, Donnie, tell us what yellow means.
2: Yellow is too bright of a color for the way our city fares. No skirts should be unsullied. And even in our brightest moments, all colors should be muted for those we've lost. If you see someone wearing those bright yellows, they're most likely Karn spies, for yellow brings them out like moths to a flame.
1: Thank you. I would never be caught re-dead wearing yellow. It makes my complexion look... grey.
2: In order to assist with this last one, the authorities will be confiscating all yellow goods and moving them to the shed for processing. We have a few minutes here before Her Majesty Queen Danelle joins us. So let's take this opportunity to do our drawing for the Ragoot Raffles bi-weekly winner. As always, we have compiled a list of all registered citizens. If you are still trying to update or verify your information with House Civis, please reach out immediately as we have recently uncovered census and tax forms to help us do this. Kia, will you do the honors?
1: I would love to.
2: Just reach on in there. There we go. And today's winner is?
1: Neera Tass.
2: Ooh, congratulations, Neera.
1: You can pick up your extra ration shit at any House Civis office.
2: Ha <laughs> ha, and we'll be right back.
1: And welcome back, everyone. It is so nice to have you with us again this evening, Queen dinelle It has been far too long. Oh, yes. Why,
3: thank you, Kia, And you as well, Donnie. You know, I quite enjoyed your programming tonight. The spoopy mnemonic, was it? Quite interesting, and I think everyone should take heed to that.
2: It is a very useful advice, especially in times like these, and hopefully we'll be able to ferret out those who oppose us.
3: Yes, indeed. Now, of course, we all must remember that none of us
2: are beyond
3: suspicion. If we intend to root out those within our midst... We have to turn a critical eye to all of our interactions. It can even be the slightest and most innocuous detail that reveals those who would seek to tear down our lovely city. Even something as small as a favorite meal. Right, Donnie?
2: Why, I... I don't understand. I just said college pie. It was my Nona's favorite. She would make it for me when I was a child.
1: <gasps> you said that she uses a different recipe. You said that her secret ingredient is... Muscat noose. Most people just call it nutmeg. Except for people from Carnass.
3: Precisely.
2: You can't be serious. It was just the name of a spice. It doesn't mean I have any ties to the cons. I have spent years faithfully serving my queen. I have been a prominent voice against them since the undead arrived outside our walls. I turned in members of my own family, my neighbors. Please. Please.
3: My gods would like a word with you outside. Mr. Decivis.
2: Please, no, your majesty. You can't do this. I've been loyal. Get your damn hands off me, here.
1: Did you just pull a dagger on the queen?
2: No, I pulled it
3: on you. I'm loyal. I'm loyal. No, Keir. You can't do this to me. Oh, God, no. You can't. And now that we have uncovered the traitor so near to us all, perhaps we can finally get the upper hand and stave off these forces that seek to overtake us. For we are the last bastion against a dark and uncaring world. We cannot give in, we cannot give up. Let all who hear my voice take heed and let out a yell against those who would seek to silence us forever. We are hope, so let our hope echo.
0: and thus concludes our tale a glimpse into the atrocities of war and how easily good and honest people can become willing participants in their own nightmares i beseech you to take a private moment and whisper a prayer for those souls still trapped within this domain. Perhaps this small bit of hope will... reverberate its way through the boundless mists and fog to the ears of those poor, damnable fools. Maybe all they need is those... Hmm. What is it? Echoes of hope, but tarry a moment, if you please. A thought plagues me. The broadcasting from the heart of Metrol was not meant to be heard beyond those dread domains. What must that mean for you? Hmm? Best not to spoil the night by dwelling on such thoughts. Ah, the Sire 1313, right on time. Do excuse me, I'm afraid I have a train to catch. We shall discuss your inescapable fate further when we next meet. Until then, do listen carefully for those echoes.